HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Comté Cheese Association. Comté, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at comté-usa.com. That's c-o-m-t-e-usa.com. This week on Meet and Three, we explore the relationship between food and style. I knew from the start that I never wanted to, like, hot glue bread onto my body. <laughs> like, I wanted to be able to enjoy it after, and I did. Food, which is so ephemeral, right, is something that you eat and it disappears. With an image, it remains. It stays alive forever. Food and fashion align in that they're both lenses through which to look at culture, right? And they're both also tangible things we can use to express ourselves and our identities. Tune in to Meet in 3, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Cutting the Curd. I am so excited about this uh, this episode. The American Cheese Society's annual conference is an event that cheesemakers, distributors, cheesemongers, and general cheese lovers and others look forward to with a lot of enthusiasm every year. The, the judging and competition is an exciting time for everyone, getting to taste the, the entries and meet the cheesemakers, and that's largely what the event is about. It also puts a lot of cheeses on the map, gets them into stores, and just raises the profile of American cheese. It's a chance for our national industry and some international friends to come together to celebrate and to learn and network and eat. It's also a chance for attendees to explore the host city and eat because really that's what we do for those three three or four or for some who are volunteering a week. Uh, so I just want to uh, start off by um, saying how sad I am that we didn't have a conference last year, but I am very excited to say that we have a virtual conference this year. And my guests joining us uh, today are two people who are integral in getting this virtual conference off the ground. This is Erin Clancy. She's on the ACS Conference Planning Committee. She is also the sales manager of the Caves of Faribault. And we have Heather Tucker. She is the ACS Program Manager and 
She holds a lot of responsibility, including making session selections and um, working on the CCP series, webinars. I am so happy the two of you are here, and I'm really excited to get into this with both of you. How are you doing today? <laughs> We're doing good. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, I'm. We, we it took a little for us to get on tonight. It was a lot of <laughs> a lot of technical <laughs> challenges, which actually kind of leads me into uh, the first thing I'd love to ask you about going virtual. Um, what's that journey been like? Just a little, just a little overview from each of you. Like this decision to go virtual. How did you get here? Did you want to start, Erin? Well, I don't. I don't exactly know how how we how we got here. I mean, I have some hypotheses of how we got here. Um, uh, you know, um, and maybe you can speak to that more. But um, I kind of came on board um, helping to plan the conference once it was already known that it was virtual. Um, which I don't. I mean, for me personally, it wasn't that big of a surprise. Um, I think at the time that we found out the world was still kind of up in the air, you know, and we didn't know where it was going to be at. Um, but I didn't come on to start uh, planning until after it was decided that it was virtual. So maybe you can speak to that, Heather. Sure. So last year, the reason that we decided to go virtual, we did sort of a member meetup, a stripped down version of our conference. Uh, as we wanted to at least like provide a place for our members to see each other, to have some interaction. Uh, we were sad that we had, couldn't do our conference, but we're a food-based conference. We couldn't, unfortunately, continue to do things as usual during the pandemic. And uh, at the end of last year, we were trying to figure out, is there going to be a way that we can safely do it? And when we had to make our decision in December and January, it was just, this seems the safest for everyone. Let's try and figure out a way to do a really awesome virtual conference that we're able to translate a lot of our different events as the best way possible. And, you know, with things have changed a little bit six months from now, but I'm still really glad we're doing this virtual conference. We figured out some great ways to do things like Meet the Cheesemaker and other tasting events online, which have been a fun experiment to try and uh, <laughs> test out some different demos and, di and figuring out the different logistical pieces of like, okay, we want to do some cheese boxes. How are we going to do this? Let's figure this out, which Aaron has been a huge part of. Uh, and it, it's been an adventure, but in this really fun way where you're like, how do I remake this wheel, but make it good and functional and everybody's going to get to take part. So Meet, Meet the Cheesemaker is definitely one of the highlights of every conference. So can you talk <laughs> a little bit, how is that happening this year? Yeah. So, um, you know, Jessica, it's funny that you say that because like Meet the Cheesemaker, I mean, aside from seeing everybody that I love, you know, because mm -hmm. that's amazing about ACS. Meet the Cheesemaker has always been my favorite event. And that's from when I was mongering to now working for a maker. You know, it's just, it's just the, in, in, you know, I love the education. I love everything, but just seeing the cheeses, meeting the makers, it's really that time to, to really make those connections. And so that was, that was kind of lost last year, right? Because what, you know, the, the one day event, it just couldn't hold everything that a normal conference holds. So 
this year there was a lot of there was a lot of throwing out ideas <laughs> and kind of seeing what stuck to be honest <laughs> um but you know with the great group of people that we have put together we all started working on this and what we finally came um out with is uh so we're using this platform called Gatherly. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of you are familiar with it. Um, it's my first kind of experience using it, but it's kind of amazing. And um, so in Gatherly, it's gonna it's gonna look like everything. Ha- there's gonna be many different floors, and the floors here are gonna be broken out by um, different regions as well as. Um, like certain states might get their own, like Wisconsin's probably going to have its own floor. Um, and then there will be a Midwest floor. There will be a California floor. There will be um, a Southern floor. And so, you know, you'll be able to see where all the cheesemakers are at. And then everyone's going to have these great 10-minute meeting times where 14 to 15 other people can join the room and just have this one-on-one conversation. Wow. Um, and it's going to be amazing and it's going to be through video. And then from there, you know, if you're a buyer or a monger and you really have more questions or follow up for the maker, you'll be able to kind of virtually exchange business cards and information. And you might even be able to set up a meeting later at the conference if you wanted. Uh, we're using this um, platform called Event Power where you can set up these kind of mini meetings. So you can kind of take that further. Um and the nice thing about the Meet the Maker is this year it's going to be the first night. So you also have mm-hmm. two more days after that to kind of connect with the maker or the buyer or the distributor or the monger that you want to connect with, um, which is great. And the most important thing, right, is the samples. Right. <laughs> As we all know. So um, one of the people on our planning team is Nathan Aldridge, and I don't know if Everyone's familiar with him, but he is um, he is in charge of the Institute du Fromage, which is a great educational program that GFI puts together. Mm-hmm. And he, along with the GFI team, have very graciously donated um, their space and their time to not only take in the cheese from the cheesemakers, but to ship these boxes out to attendees. Oh, wow. So they're uh, really that, that back-end logistics mm-hmm. support. I mean, they it, – it's incredible what they're doing. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, they're getting cheese to people's houses. And it's – you're going to get this beautiful surprise box of cheese. I will say that it's going to be from all different creameries. Um, you're not going to be able to pick and choose which ones you want to try. Um, but it's going to be amazing because, you know, I know – that being where I am in Minnesota, sometimes I don't get access to some of these mm-hmm. small artisan companies in Vermont or, say, Washington. Mm-hmm. And so I'd be stoked to get a piece of that in my box, you know? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> it, and they're going to get it a few days before the conference. And then they can also kind of plan their schedule, right? Because it's two hours long. You have these 10-minute meetings. You can hit up X amount of cheesemakers. Um, and one thing we're doing, because, you know, at conference, you get to kind of walk through the aisles and sometimes a cheesemaker catches your eye that maybe you've never seen before. And we're obviously losing that virtually. So what we've done is, is we've asked cheesemakers to make these like two minute kind of intro videos that are going to be up in their booth ahead of time. 
And so attendees ahead of time will be able to go into the booths of maybe people that whose names they don't recognize or, um, you know, maybe some makers that they remember but want to be reacquainted with and watch the videos and then kind of plan out their schedule for Meet the Maker. You know, I... I love this idea so much. I'm getting so excited for this because one of the things that um, when you go in person, it's really overwhelming in that room. Mm -hmm. There are so many cheesemakers and so much cheese I want to try and so many people I want to talk to and you can't always get to them because there's a crowd or or Mm -hmm. you, you know, at some point. It's almost like, well, maybe I'm the only one who feels this, but sometimes you get a little, your palate gets exhausted and then suddenly, you know, I can only mm. taste so many cheeses mm-hmm. in that room. But this this way sounds much more like I really get to enjoy whatever's being sent to me. I don't mm-hmm. know what it will be, but um, it just it just really sounds like such a thoughtful way to do this and still capture a lot of the same experience if it was in person. Um, I, this is just unbelievable. How long how how long did it take to get that together? You were saying that like in January, you guys kind of were like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do it virtual. Something like like this meet the cheesemaker format. Um, did this, when did this first come about? Like, was this just like a few months or a few weeks? Cause this is, incredible. I'm like laughing because I don't, I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know if I should say this out loud. I feel like it was like, I feel like it was like mid April. Wow. We like where we were like, okay, here's the idea. Like we, we all had the idea. We had the idea of the format. I had actually, um, had a great kind of one-on-one call to, and, and, kind of picked Stephanie Skinner's brain because mm-hmm. they had been doing stuff with countercultures. So I was picking her brain and like we kind of like worked together to formulate this this plan. And then I went back to the committee being like, how about this? And then, you know, it kind of rested on who, how do we do the samples, you know? Mm-hmm. And Nathan was just like, I'm going to go ask. And once GFI was signed on, it was just, it kind of all just started working like clockwork, you know, (laughs) like, cause that was the biggest part, right? Is that logistic, Mm -hmm. um, trying to figure out how to get samples to people. And, you know, it's, I think it's going to be amazing. Like you said, like I totally get like my palate gets burnt out sometimes, And, you know, you're not necessarily also, like, tasting in the order that you might if you were, like, thoughtfully Mm -hmm. tasting. Right. You're going to the table that has an opening that you can squeeze (laughs) into to get to the little board with the cheese on it. And if you do that, like, first at, like, the Caves of Faribault table, like, hi, we have five blues for you to try right now. Welcome to Meet the Maker. Or if you accidentally, like... (laughs) pick up one of the cheeses that has like jalapeno base in it or some other (laughs) i have totally done that one year where i was like i'm gonna try this oh no yeah yeah Yeah. and and i do love that it's kind of the first night because it's because there is like Mm -hmm. the so there is that possibility technically that the table could get like too crowded um because only like 15 people are allowed in this 10 minute session at a time right so you might have to go to another table but the nice mm-hmm. thing is, is in this booth is going to be all the contact information you need. And then you have two more days at conference to kind of virtually meet with these makers. 
Right. So, you know, rest assured that even if you can't do it, maybe at that exact night, you have two more days. And Mm -hmm. maybe there's going to be, you know, if you get this big box of cheese, maybe, maybe one you don't try in time for Meet the Maker. And then you try it Thursday morning for breakfast and you're like, I have to find this maker. You know, (laughs) all that that information is going to be there for you. And I just think, I think it's really, it was, it was so important for me to be part of the group that was trying to successfully plan a meet the maker because of how important the, that particular part of ACS is to me. Mm -hmm. And I think we have figured out kind of the best way to do it virtually. And I just really hope it kind of brings back that event that really, it brings together the maker and the monger. And for anyone who's worked behind a counter, you know, you're so far away for that maker, you know, and you don't often get to do farm visits and, and you don't often, you know, maybe get to travel so much. And, you know, maybe you can't even come to ACS. But now maybe you can virtually this year mm-hmm. and you can have those conversations with those cheesemakers that you've always loved and appreciated and want to hear from. And it mm-hmm. it really gives everyone the opportunity to do that. So after that amazing opening to the conference, attending the Meet the Cheesemaker uh, and then we get on to the first day of sessions. What does mm-hmm. that look like? What are some of the highlights we can look forward to uh, over the course of the conference? Yeah, we've got. So I, I will say, again, I've been with ACS for several years. So I was excited to both get to do some things that I normally do, but also get to experiment a little bit and try some new things. Uh, we're going to be having our super geeky things that we always have at conference, like talking about percentiles of salt in brine. We're talking about troubleshooting some of the more technical sides of your production to your different transport things. But also we're diving in a little bit deeper and talking about some things that aren't as often spoken about in our industry. We're talking a little bit about immigration and its impact and the many diverse voices that exist in our spaces They're going to be speaking about their experiences and how we can continue to learn and grow from each other. Um, I can talk as the fact that I'm an out queer woman and it's been it's been so much fun to be able to like help encourage a lot of these different conversations and bring them out into the conference and other people within our industry and, and helping raise them up. So I'm really excited to kind of unveil a lot of that programming this year. Uh, And all of our other different fun pieces or conference, like Aaron can speak a little bit more for this. Uh, We're doing some fun uh, networking events that people are going to be able to do and some fun activities. So that way we are not just like having to taste cheese and just sit at your computer all day. We're going to give you some other fun stuff to do and enjoy because half the fun of coming to Cheese Conference uh, at CheeseCon, as some of the mongers call it, uh, <laughs> is you get to go and actually spend time with people and do some more other other activities. Because as I've learned since I've been here at ACS, our mongers are some of the most fascinating people I, I've ever met. Like they have so many different talented talents and skills, and it's great to get to know them and hear other different pieces of their lives. So, uh, yeah. so can you just walk me through what a typical day at Mm -hmm. the conference might be? Am I, am I like 
Sure. Can I like select um, sessions and then I can kind of like pop in and out of my day job, log on, (laughs) attend a session and then like, or what, how do you, how do you kind of envision a day for an attendee? Sure. So one of the awesome things about doing this on a virtual platform like Event Power is anything that you don't see first live at the conference itself, we're recording it and you're going to be able to view it up to three months later. And we're going to make it available to our members later as well. So if you miss anything, like if you're in a concurrent session or you're like, hey, I got to go be at the counter for two hours. I'm going to come back a little bit later. You're going to be able to come back to it and watch it. So one of the positives of virtual is is we do have some stuff that's going to be available later. That's Uh, incredible because, you know. Where mm-hmm. attendees are constantly in that dilemma. Mm-hmm. Who? One of you called it a Sophie's Choice. Oh my <laughs> so god! I, did. It's like, I, it's I like, totally did, and then I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to say that on the podcast because I don't know if that's did. appropriate. But now it's out there, and yep, I did. I I'll called own it, it a Sophie's Choice because, like, mm-hmm. sometimes you just sit there and you're like, you know, because I feel I, there's just every session at ACS is so thoughtfully picked by the education committee. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. There's generally, you generally want to go to all of them. (laughs) And and then Mm -hmm. you look and you're like, well, I'm only one person. And it's like, you know, it's not something that you like duck in and out of, you know, Mm -hmm. like you want to give, you want to give each session that you go to your all, you want to listen. Like these are experts that are talking about these topics that are related to cheese, which is like something that we've all chosen to make our life, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's so much learning to be done. So I am so excited to be able to go back and kind of do it on my own time. And also just, you know, let's be real. At this point, we're all getting some computer fatigue. Mm -hmm. So it is kind of nice to be able to like watch a session and then, you know, maybe a week later, you know, maybe you missed one and you're like, you know what, like, it's a Saturday afternoon and it's raining. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna learn. I'm gonna listen to Matt Bellum. Matt, I'm mm. sorry if I said your last name wrong, but I'm going to listen to your DZTA mm-hmm. session because I missed it when I was there. You know, and so there's so I, I just think I think it's such an asset to the to the cheese community to to be able to to watch all of these for three months after. And I think the fact that all of these are available, you know, and, and, you know, just getting one or two tickets to conference, you know, you could really use it as like even team training, mm-hmm. you know, and, that's a great and idea. that's what, that's mm-hmm. what ACS is here for, right? Like it's education. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just an amazing part of it being virtual. Um, it's really going to add to it. So this mm-hmm. is a great time for us to take a break to hear from our sponsor. And then we'll be right back to continue talking with Erin and Heather from the American Cheese Society conference planning team. We'll be right back. This episode of Cutting the Curd is brought to you by Conte Cheese Association. Conte Cheese Association represents the Conte PDO, Conte Protected Designation of Origin in the USA. 
Conte is a raw milk cooked pressed cheese from the Jura Mountains of France. There, every day, 2,500 family farms deliver milk to over 150 local cheesemaking facilities, or fruitiers. This milk must be transformed into Conte within 24 hours of milking to preserve the lactic microflora in the milk, ensuring the cheese's aromatic potential. About 105 gallons of milk are required to craft a single wheel of Conte. Conte takes time to acquire its flavors in the affinage cellars. After eight months of aging by dedicated affineurs on average, each wheel of Conte is graded and shipped to market. No wheel of Conte is the same. Its flavors speak to the pastures where the cows grazed, the season in which it was made, the particular craftsmanship of the cheesemaker, and the time spent in the aging cellar. Therefore, every wheel of Conte is unique. Learn more about Conte, an iconic cheese from the Jura Mountains of France, favored by cheesemongers and cheese lovers all over the world. Find out more at Conte-USA.com. That's C-O-M-T-E-USA.com. And we're back. I am talking with Erin Clancy on the American Cheese Society Conference Planning Committee and Heather Tucker, American Cheese Society Program Manager. And we're talking about the upcoming uh, American Cheese Society Conference, which has gone virtual. Um, and I just want to, uh, just for everyone to know what to put down on their calendar the details. So when is it <laughs> happening and when do you need to register by and how can you register? Sure. So, um, oh, I just have it up, Heather, if you, you want go me to go. Go for it. <laughs> um, it is July 28th through the 30th. Um, and to register, you can just go to the American Cheese Society website, which is just cheesesociety.org. Um. What I do want to let everyone know, because this will air before that, and then you have a few days, is we are still mm -hmm. in the time where you can get early bird pricing. We love that early bird pricing. <laughs> I get it every year. I am one of those people. I am not like a last minute person when it comes to ticket buying. I just like it to be settled. So I always do it. And um, this year also, there is special pricing for... Um, students uh, where you can email ACS and, and they can help you with a code or full-time cheesemongers. Great. Um, and, and I will say too, um, there are still some scholarship opportunities um, that mm -hmm. are still out there. And Heather, are, do those, can you apply for those through the 5th? Yes, you can actually, well, not through the 5th, you can apply through the 1st of July we extended that deadline and everyone is eligible for scholarships. And if you get a scholarship for this year to attend our virtual conference, you can still apply for a scholarship to attend for one of our future conferences as well. We want as many people as possible to come try out our conference, see if you like it. This is one of the best years that if you've never attended before, this is a good way to get a, like a taste of what the ACS experience is like <laughs> and see it's like, okay, well, what is this kind of like? Like if anyone has never been to one before, you kind of uh, learn what it's like uh, with the large crowds, as we talked about with Meet the Cheesemaker and all of the different fun little nooks and crannies of our industry. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. So, yes, scholarships are still open and in the same place. Go to cheesesociety.org and check out our conference information. And I'll also have a link over to our scholarships run by our ACE Foundation. So um, something I wanted to just point out. So, well, one of the things that's not happening because it's virtual, uh, you guys at uh, ACS had made a decision that it wasn't going to be feasible to do the judging and competition. Um. And I'm just, uh, you know, that's that's also a really big part of um, of ACS every year. And we didn't have it last year either. And, I, you know, I'm just thinking I'm totally just going with train of thought here. But, you know, two years out since the last conference and I was just thinking about like, you know, we've we've lost some of some of our cheese making dairies, creameries, um, you know, I think about Land F Creamery, um, and just some, some of our friends are not making cheese anymore. And, um, and then there's also all these new cheeses, all these new people who have established creameries or who are, who have Mm -hmm. new, um, you know, there, there may be an established creamery that's making new cheese. Um, so just thinking about the, this year's theme, moving forward together with purpose. And I was just I was just thinking about the significance of that. And what is what does that mean to you um you folks at ACS when you when you kind of came up with that theme? Cuz I was just thinking about like, you know, wow, it's been 2 years um since the conference in Richmond and now we're all trying to, you know, move forward together and there's been some big changes. Um mm-hmm. Where did the conversation, how did the conversation go around the theme of moving forward together with purpose? <laughs> I stumped did you. you. Want to, no, <laughs> no, did you want to take that, Erin, or did you want me to talk? I, I, actually, um, I actually don't know the answer to that, to be quite honest. Um, it was kind of already decided, um, you know, so, so I'm actually not sure. <laughs> sure. So that was kind of a decision by our board leadership moving together with purpose. And it's a combination of trying to, to say like, hey, we're coming out of this very long and for some of us traumatic year and trying to continue to move forward. And welcome in new people. Like you said, there's so many, there's a bunch of creameries and shops and makers that have, that's what they did during the pandemic, that they created and and, uh, uh, tested out their new products. Uh, And moving together with purpose is both to recognize both the hardships that we've dealt with, but also to remember those that aren't making product with us anymore and making cheese and part of the industry or maybe aren't with us anymore. I think that's something to kind of acknowledge is is that we have lost some people. Mm-hmm. But also, hey, let's let's move forward and continue to acknowledge each other and support each other as best we can in this kind of new world in a lot of interesting ways. Did um did COVID find its way into any of the um workshops or sessions or do you, or yeah. was it, it did. Okay. Yeah, we do actually, one of the ones is crisis marketing. It's actually a, one of the things a lot of our members requested is when COVID happened, they were like, what did I do? What should I do? How do I pivot 
we had a lot of people that both had very big success very quickly moving over to selling online, which is another piece that we're talking about during a conference. Uh, And some people are like, well, I wasn't sure how to do these things. And so a couple of the sessions that we have during the virtual conference, and we're expanding on slowly over the next year is, okay, how can you deal with a sudden situation like this? Not just a massive pandemic that's on a world scale, but maybe something that's more personal that you've lost one of the owners or you're having a transition to a different location, how to communicate that to your to your people that are your, coming to your store or your company members. And the same thing with like, okay, we've got to pivot in a new revenue stream. How is the best way to do that and be safe and thoughtful and not interrupt the rest of the business. So some of the things that happened during COVID, we've tried to translate into, okay, this is the stumbling block some of us have come across. Don't repeat our things that we did. Here's the things that worked. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And sometimes it's having the continued conversation of, hey, this didn't work exactly for me, but I think it will work for other people if you're in a different geographic location or if you have a different setup or have a, a different approach to it. So we have a lot of different sessions that are approaching with that. It's, it seems that this format will also allow people to follow up with each other mm-hmm. um, a lot more easily. I mean, there was also like the rushing from session to session. Mm-hmm. Um, you pass, you know, almost like <laughs> you're on the mm-hmm. college quad and you're like, hi, as you like pass somebody you've been wanting to talk to on your way to get to like the other end of the convention center. Um, so it does seem like, there is, yeah, and like you're talking about having these sessions up on the website or through Event Power for three months um, mm-hmm. does give people more time and space to be able to really go back and revisit really thoughtfully. Like, oh, yeah, I wanted to really get into, you know, what was said at that session. Um, and, and then one of the up. really, yeah, and one of the really cool things is we're doing live Q&As afterward with our panelists, oh, with everyone. We have a nice little break in between. So if the conversation continues, you guys can keep right on chatting. You don't have to move on to the next session if you find this other thing really interesting. And with this vendor that we're using, Event Power, you can actually continue the conversation even after the conference has ended. If you are just really want to talk to some of the people over at CDR, uh, you can continue to chat and email at each other. And continue on the conversations. And if you're coming to a session later, like you're coming in a month later and you're just now getting to one of the pieces because, again, the FOMO is real. You have three or four sessions that are happening at the same time. You have one and you might like work your way through the others. You can still contact people and say like, hey, I just saw your presentation about this. I had this question. Can you help me out with that? So that's another really, really cool thing that we're we're excited about is that you can continue the conversation for a while afterward. So, yeah, um, oh, I'm sorry, Erin, did you want to add to that? I was just going to say, like, the amount of uh, I am I am one of those people where I collect a lot of business cards or try to write down all the email addresses or phone numbers in the same place. And then I write it down on a million different pieces of paper. And after ACS, I'm like, how do I contact that person? (laughs) And so it's literally all going to be there for everyone, this access at your fingertips. And it's giving really like mongers and distributors and any other kind of attendee kind of that, that, that nice, I don't want to say like power, but that ability to not 
you know, worry, oh, can I contact this cheesemaker? Is it going to, you know, they're so busy. Is it going to be a waste of their time? Like they all want to hear from you and they're putting their information on there and they want to continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and like all the panelists, they've, they've came up, they, they, they break, they, they're the ones that took these ideas and made them into sessions. They, they, this topic is close and near and dear to their heart. So they want to hear from you. Um, so all that will be there ready to go just for you to kind of click on a page, get it, and then you can, you know, continue the conversation like Heather said. So it might be a little too early, um, to have an answer to this question, but do you see any of these, uh, new formats or the, the role of some of these, um, features from using different tech platforms and such? Do you see them maybe making a comeback next year, even if it is an in-person? Like, what do you think? Do you think there's going to be an influence on future planning for in-person conferences from this virtual conference? Yeah. I mean, it is a conversation that we've had over here at ACS. Um, the word that buzzwords that's used a lot with these events is called hybrid events. And we're waiting to see what you guys, what our members think of it. Like, tell us what you like and dislike and see if we can advance some of these different things into future use. I, I know a lot of other different conferences that, that I've sometimes attended as myself or others are, are having the same conversations. It's like, oh, who likes what? I I know from my as a program manager point of view, <laughs> I'm, I'm hopeful this means that I can maybe be able to record a few more events to be able to share with people that wouldn't be able to necessarily come to us every year because it's hard sometimes to get away from the farm, get away to to travel for a week at a time uh, to come to a big, long conference like this. So I'm also curious, uh, having been a volunteer for the last three conferences, <laughs> T-shirts. Are you? Do you have T-shirts? Is there swag? Because that's the other thing. People love, people love their swag, right? I mean, we do have a good... Yes, there there is a t-shirt. Uh, they're going to talk about that a little bit more, but there there is a t-shirt that you can purchase that either go into your swag bag or to be available to you after the event. Oh, there's swag bags. Oh. So there's going to be a little bit of stuff. Yes, it's not going to be quite. I know everybody loves their ACS giant swag bags that are sometimes <laughs> like the size of me. Um, but we are going to have some stuff for everybody. We know you want it. You know, I, I mean, I go to the grocery store and, and in New York State, you know, we no more plastic bags. So you have to bring your <laughs> your bags to the grocery store. And I'm, I just have like nothing but like ACS bags. It's like, you know. It's yeah, like, I work yeah. here. I have eight. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you gotta love you gotta love the sponsors for mm-hmm. for helping provide all that. Um, mm-hmm. So um, no, so this is awesome. I, I'm I'm so excited. I think people are gonna be really excited when they hear what you guys are pulling off and just all the expanded opportunities um, for connection and learning and tasting. Um, it seems like you've hit all of the things that people love about this conference <laughs> other than being able to for you know all of us to be able to like sit together and enjoy a meal or the brunch or mm-hmm. anything like that um so i'm just curious because every year the conference is 
such a huge volunteer opportunity. Um, what are ways that people can get involved, if not in this conference, but with um, American Cheese Society, you know, for the rest of this year? What are ways that um, people can get involved or, you know, support support the cause? Um, I'll I'll just jump in first, um, just to, I guess, how could I? I just I just want to. <laughs> put out there that I feel like if, if you're going to conference or you're, you know, considering just volunteering is kind of, it's, it's, it's such another part of conference that is so important to actively participate in, you know, um, besides going to sessions, you know, if you have an extra hour here or there, um, that's how I've met some of my best friends and she is, is because we got put next to a table and just were cutting, you know, mm-hmm. and, it really, it really just helps you kind of find out more about ACS, kind of what they do. You get this back of the house picture of it and you realize how much work goes into it. Um, you know, so if you are lucky, you know, luckily it kind of, it travels and it goes from coast to coast and then in the middle. So if it's ever kind of in your area at some point, I would say just, just get on board and, and volunteer. I've been doing it since what, 2013. Mm. And, um, and, and I look forward to it every year. Like I can't wait in Portland to cut some cheese with some, with some, you know, new mongers, old mongers, ex mongers, makers, whatever it is. Um, you know, it's, it's always a great thing. So, you know, when when those when the in person conferences come back, I just encourage everyone to kind of take an hour of their time and volunteer because it's you really get to see the behind the scenes and everything that goes into conference. Mm-hmm. I this might be a well. There are no stupid questions, right? So, do you? <laughs> and I think I know the answer to this anyway, but. For our listeners, do you need to work in the industry to attend this conference or to volunteer at a future one? No, you can. Not, you don't have to be in the industry to come and attend. I've met many people that they're thinking about breaking into the industry and they've come for a day to kind of get their experience with volunteers. Same thing. While we have a lot of volunteers that are there for to cut cheese and things <laughs> like that, um, there are uh, other different volunteer positions like helping us out with panels, um, with the judging and competition. We always have lots of volunteers that we need to help us out in other different ways, like as a librarian or doing data entry. I did data entry for many years. Uh there's all sorts of other places that you can help out in the conference. And it's not just for people that are in the industry, but it, it's more most helpful for if you're just trying to get into the industry or if you're already here Mm -hmm. for our enthusiasts that are coming along, we have a couple things for you if you want to check it out. And all of this information can be found at cheesesociety.org, correct? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, Next year, the hope is that we will all be reunited in Portland, Oregon, right? Yes? Yeah. Yes. Very exciting. (laughs) Uh, And, um, but for now, (laughs) we are concerned with the conference, which is happening next month. And again, you can find all the registration information and even some scholarship information at cheesesociety.org. Don't forget the 
early bird registration. Take advantage of that now. And I want to also point out you have an Instagram page, correct? Yes, at Cheese American Cheese Society is our Instagram. And also we're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And Twitter? We do have a Twitter account, but we mostly stick to Instagram and Facebook. Okay, good to know. <laughs> That's good to know. There's lots of social media platforms available. <laughs> no, you need to know where to go. No TikTok yet? No cheese No, TikTok. there is no cheese talk. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that'll happen in Portland next year. Um, and then uh, I just want to say thank you so much to Erin Clancy and Heather Tucker for uh, talking with us today, getting us hyped up and excited about this conference, the virtual conference. It's, um, you know, we're going to be moving forward together with purpose. And <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to it. I've got to make sure that I get all of my registration um, information out there uh, myself, which I'll do as soon as we end this interview. But thanks again so much for, for joining me. And I look forward to seeing you guys in person. Awesome. Thank you for having us. And thank yes, you, everybody, thank you. for listening to this episode of Cutting the Curd. Remember, you can follow us on Instagram and you can listen to us at heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And we will be together again soon. Cutting the Curd is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.